Hello, and welcome to the Daily Catholic Catechism Podcast. My name is Dan, and it's a pleasure to have you here. It is March 21st, and it is my birthday. And we will be reading paragraph 620 through 627 today. And we begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our salvation flows from God's initiative of love for us, because he loved us and sent his Son to be the expiation for our sins. God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. Jesus freely offered himself for our salvation. Beforehand, during the Last Supper, he both symbolized this offering and made it really present. This is my body, which is given for you. The redemption won by Christ consists in this, that he came to give his life as a ransom for many. That is, he loved his own to the end so that they might be ransomed from the feudal ways inherited from their fathers. By his loving obedience to the Father, unto death, even death on a cross, Jesus fulfills the atoning mission of the suffering servant, who will make many righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Paragraph 3. Jesus Christ was buried. By the grace of God, Jesus tasted death for everyone, in his plan of salvation, God ordained that his son should not only die for our sins, but should also taste death, experience the condition of death, the separation of his soul from his body, between the time he expired on the cross and the time he was raised from the dead. The state of the dead, Christ, is the mystery of the tomb and the descent into hell. It is the mystery of Holy Saturday, when Christ, lying in the tomb, reveals God's great Sabbath rest after the fulfillment of man's salvation, which brings peace to the whole universe. Christ in the tomb in his body. Christ's stay in the tomb constitutes the real link between his passable state before Easter and his glorious and risen state today. The same person of the living one can say, I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. God the Son did not impede death from separating his soul from his body according to the necessary order of nature, but has reunited them to one another in the resurrection, so that he himself might be, in his person, the meeting point for death and life, by arresting in himself the decomposition of nature produced by death, and so becoming the source of reunion for the separated parts. Since the author of life who was killed is the same living one who has risen, the divine person of the Son of God necessarily continued to possess his human soul and body, separated from each other by death. By the fact that at Christ's death his soul was separated from his flesh, his one person is not itself divided into two persons, for the human body and soul of Christ have existed in the same way from the beginning of his earthly existence and the divine person of the word. And in death, although separated from each other, both remained with one and the same person of the word. You will not let your Holy One see corruption. Christ's death was a real death, and that it put an end to his earthly human existence. But because of the union which the person of the Son retained with his body, his was not a mortal corpse like others, for it, it was not possible for death to behold him, and therefore divine power preserved 
Christ's body from corruption. Both of these statements can be said of Christ. He was cut off out of the land of the living, and my flesh will dwell in hope. For you will not abandon my soul to Hades, nor let your Holy One see corruption. Jesus' resurrection on the third day was the sign of this also, because bodily decay was held to begin on the fourth day after death. Thus ends our reading today from the Catechism of the Catholic Church. The website is dailycatholiccatechism.com, and you can email me at dailycatholiccatechism at gmail.com. God bless you all, and may these teachings handed down by the Apostles of Christ strengthen your faith and lead you to everlasting life. Amen.